0: George and Martha. Sad, sad, sad. Welcome to the Movie Ladder Podcast. We're all about cinematic connections. Each week we're discussing a movie that connects to the movie from the previous week's podcast. Zach Brooks. And I am uh, joined for one night, a whole night, everything taking place in one night by. Brenda Fitzpatrick. Who's the 115th, Martha? Uh, Who's Martha? Why did you say that name? <laughs> yeah, for the 115th asterisk time uh, together I forgot that time starting this I forgot yeah. the episode number uh, Yes, why did I say that name, Martha? Well, it's because uh, this week we're going to be discussing uh, Not who's afraid of Martha Wolf, but who's afraid of Virginia Wolf. Yeah.
1: So,
0: yes uh, Last week we talked about a streetcar named Desire And uh, this week the connection What is the... I mean, I, I can name a couple But was there a specific connection between this and uh, stage, uh, Virginia Wolf? Uh, Oscar-nominated stage-to-screen uh, Oscar-nominated stage to screen. Uh, lots of other connections. Actually, one one fun one. I'm just going to jump right to it. Uh, Alex Wool or Alex North. Last yep. week we talked about uh, how great the score was in *Streetcar Named Desire*, yep. and uh, he was the composer on both movies. So also uh, Flores Flores de Muertes, uh
1: is a big turning point in this movie, as it is in the last one. Sort of a psychological breaking point for the characters when. Oh. Uh, George yes, comes yeah. back with the flowers and he actually says a line from Streetcar Named Desire with the flowers in his hands. Oh, I didn't realize he
0: said that. I did that was the same line. Yeah, but I did notice Flores de
1: mortes, and, um, and the crux of the plot of both films hinge on a uh,
0: telegram that does not exist. Hmm. Yeah, so right, there we go. Look at this. We're, are, jumping, we're jumping all the way to the end of the episode very quickly. Those were my two big connections uh, that yeah. I ran down. I do think I have a fun title connection, which if I mean, I guess you'll know if we picked it or not because you can yep. see the title of this podcast if you're listening to it. Uh, I, le- I mean, fun in quotation marks because nothing in nothing in Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf is very fun, I would say. Um, but, you know, as much fun as we can have. We're going to try to have some fun with Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. Indeed. Maybe. Um, so, yes, last week we talked about Streetcar Named Desire. Uh, then at the end of the episode we'll be deciding on our next movie based on suggestions sent in from you, the listeners, and us, your hosts, uh, we'll be spoiling Who's Afraid of Virginia Wolf," So if you haven't yet watched it, we'll put a timestamp so you can jump ahead to the latter discussion. Mm-hmm. Or uh, if you want to go and watch it, uh, I got it from the library. I think you got to pay to rent it, right, Brendan? Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched it on Showtime for free because I still have a Showtime subscription. Oh, it's on Showtime. From,
1: uh, yeah, so I... Uh... Or I'm sorry, I didn't watch it on Showtime. I watched something else on Showtime.
0: I was gonna say we're cutting that nice. out. Let me start over. No, 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 it's fine. You're watching uh, I watched Yang, it for 199 after... on Amazon Prime. Yeah. You watched After Yang on Showtime, right? Yeah, I did watch After Yang on Showtime. I, I yeah, I go. watched this movie uh for 199 on Amazon Prime. Um so yep, you can uh you can rent it or get it from your library if you want. I got the Blu-ray. I will say, I don't know how the digital looked, but the mm. Blu-ray looked awesome. Like the black it was and white beautiful. It was very, yeah. very sharp. It was a
1: very sharp black and white. It held up, uh, especially for something that was primarily, you know, all shot in the nighttime. Mm-hmm. I never had a problem seeing what was going on.
0: Like, it was very, very well preserved. Nice. So, uh, yeah, yeah it was really good. important to you. So, Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, um, before we, uh, yeah, of course, submit your feedback also. At Ladder Movie on Twitter, themovieladdergmail.com. Mm-hmm. Send in those next movie suggestions and feedback once we do pick next week's movie. and. Uh, before we get into Best Thing You Watched this week, uh, I did note, I said, Brendan, last week, at, at, like a day after our episode dropped, I said, Brendan, mm-hmm. I have something I want to discuss at the top of this podcast. And you said, uh-oh. Uh-oh. What did you think I was going to say? What, what um, went through your head? You
1: wanted, to, you wanted me to put down my stamp on what's going to win
0: Best Picture in two weeks. Oh, no. What, what is going to win Best Picture in two weeks? What do you think? Uh, it's still going to be Power of the Dog. Uh, I think it's going to be uh, Don't Look Up, unfortunately. Mm. Sadly, You're such a negative Nancy. I am. But it's yeah. just, you know, there's there's tons of bad things going on. Why not just add one more to the list?
1: Maybe we can meet in the middle and just give it to West Side Story.
0: No, It'll be fine. Eh, yeah. I saw, I saw West Side Story this week. That is uh, my third lowest ranked Best Picture nominee. Ouch. Uh, didn't didn't do it for me. Uh, no. It for me. Uh, what it was, was last week, about a day, two days after we recorded our Streetcar Named Desire podcast, i just found myself thinking about that movie more mm-hmm. and just i i listened to the unspooled episode which i really really liked um it's, not in, my, it's in my queue i haven't listened to
1: it yet so. yeah they're
0: they're unspooled they they talked about a lot of things that we didn't um mm-hmm. just different not better um and uh <laughs> i want to up my score from last week so i gave it a three and a half i just i'm gonna give it a little half a half uh half point bump and make it a four so thank you yeah.
1: nice Good for you. Look at you coming around on Streetcar No Desire. Yeah. And that bumps Streetcar up to a 4.126. Nice. Which makes it the, let me check real quick, it makes it the
0: second best movie we watched all year. Do I have to, does that change our overall uh, Letterboxd score? Do I have to update that? Um, No. It'll be okay. Fine. Good. Yeah. Because um, it's still a four, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah no I just think like a lot of the themes that that movie that, that movie deals with um, and I just you know I, I thought we had a really good discussion on it I really mm-hmm. like talking about it with you um and while I feel like it you know it, it had just had a lot uh, a lot of depth to it that you know especially mm-hmm. in the writing but just such strong performances as well um and yeah I, I think even if like this is a movie that didn't work for you I would actually say like revisit it because I think it I think works a lot better on a second watch mm-hmm. um and it's uh, you know they brought up they brought up some interesting things in that uh, in that podcast as well that made me think about this movie a little bit differently. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I'll be I, really
1: interested. Do they have an episode on Who's re- Afraid of Virginia Woolf? They I, do. I, I have that. I, I'm going to have to download that as well. I think. Yeah, and listen yeah. to both because I feel like this is a similar movie so much so to that, not just the couple of connections we named at the top, but this movie really tonally. Mm-hmm has a lot of similarities with Streetcar and Desire, and I can understand the same nitpicks that some of our listeners were bumping up against the overall tone of the film that some of our listeners had with Streetcar, they probably had with this movie as well. And um, I would I would also say this probably warrants a revisit after you let it sit with you for a little while.
0: Yeah, one of the points that they brought up a lot in that podcast was how much death is in the Streetcar Named Desire, mm-hmm. which I think we talked about some of that, but they specifically called out that, you know, that Blanche looks like a ghost in that first yeah. scene you first meet her. And that's you something we didn't that. pick up yeah, on. You but, but, yeah, you said that yourself. Oh, did the I? Uh, yeah. Yeah, so. Um, and, you know, you just brought up the flowers of death that come up in this podcast as well, mm-hmm. so. Um, yeah, I think, you know, death surrounds uh, both of the movies that we are talking about in the last Absolutely. two weeks. So, yep. uh, that, yeah, that was my just little, uh, you know, And if you ever have that it happens sometimes where movies raise or lower in your estimation, always you can send you an updated score and we can update that. Absolutely. Always right. happy to do that. Well, with that, uh, speaking of things that are uh, raising in your estimation, Brendan, what was the best thing you watched this week? Uh, speaking of people that have raised in my estimation since the last
1: time we visited them, I want to talk about Koganada's After Yang, which I watched on Showtime over the weekend. Mm -hmm. Um, We were not fans of Columbus, from my recollection. I think I liked
0: it. We liked it, but
1: didn't love it. Um, But I think After Yang is really, really good. Um, It's probably going to end up making my top 10 of the year at the end of the year, but I know it's only March. Um, I really love all of the performances in it, um, especially... Uh, Colin Farrell is really really good in a very subdued performance from what he normally gives um for those of you not familiar after yang is about um is set in a um more realistic future that is more um akin to what we could expect from the future in like 10 years or so where really the only thing futuristic about it is that, Androids are common household companions, and there are floating taxicabs that take you from place to place, so you never nice. have to drive. Cool. But everything else is pretty similar to modern to modern you know life right now. Um, and it explores a father reckoning with his relationship with his family after their service droid. Or service Android, who was adopted as a big brother for their adopted daughter, uh now functions and shuts down. And, and it's, it's his very blast, much like a
0: Black Mirror episode.
1: It's yeah. a it's very Black Mirror, yeah. Yeah. But not as like tense. It's not intense at all. Um, but I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that it's it explores memory mm-hmm. and um What it what it means to allow someone into your family of what being a father to your to your child and a good husband to your wife can mean. And it's I thought it was a really, really beautiful film. Um, It was only about an hour and 40 minutes. It was actually a really easy watch. Um, Mm -hmm. And I yeah, I I would highly recommend people check it out. Um, I think it's going to end up being one of my
0: favorite films of the year. Right. That's great. Um, Yeah, I I definitely have been wanting to get to it. I have not yet. I did just pull up my review of Columbus from last year, or Mm -hmm. two years ago. So we watched it on the June 23rd episode of this podcast way back in season one. And uh, the podcast itself, we gave three stars. That was our overall ranking. Mm -hmm. Mine was four. Um, Okay. and what I'd, I actually did write a little bit, and I, which I'm surprised because for podcasts I don't always write, yeah, don't don't really write, don't. write something. Um, I said I, I really enjoyed this movie, thought it was beautiful. It's a slower movie, but if you're in the mood for it, there's a lot to take from it. Um, mm-hmm. And I do remember the visuals are what really stuck out to me from Columbus. Yeah, um, that was the big thing
1: was the architecture and the way mm-hmm. that
0: Koganata shoots space mm-hmm.
1: and framing is very unique and really
0: beautiful. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know a ton about After Yang. Um, I mean, I know with a little bit that you just talked about and kind of what mm-hmm. I've seen. I know my brother loved it a lot. Uh, I envision it's like Coconut, Coconut makes Blade Runner. It's kind of like what I'm expecting. I know probably less mm-hmm. of the like detective story, but I'm just like kind of visually, that's what I'm expecting. Yeah. So, um, we'll I, would,
1: I would, I would um, compare it a little more to AI if you stuck with the human's perspective instead of following David. Okay.
0: Um, uh, I like they, AI as well. Yeah. I'm a fan of that movie.
1: AI is a is a movie I, I'm wanting to revisit soon. Uh just the ne- the next picture show is doing AI paired with uh after
0: yang the next few weeks. So yeah.
1: Hoping to uh,
0: uh, revisit that. After Yang, not to be confused with Andrew Yang. Or after Hang, which yeah, is what after my me. autocorrect
1: wants me to say.
0: Always. Whenever I
1: try to type that Always, after Yang. Yeah. Nice.
0: <laughs> um cool. All right. Uh well for me, I didn't watch a ton of movies this week. Of course it is heavy mm-hmm. uh college basketball season. Um so not a ton to choose from, um, but I am going to pick, uh, oh, that's weird. My uh, West Side Story review didn't get posted. I did watch it, but it's not showing up in my, uh, my history. Yeah, uh, but I'm going wa- to pick Wildlife, uh, which you and I both watched yes. the Criterion Collection or yes. Criterion Challenge this week. Um, and I didn't love this, but it was another one of those movies that just kind of getting a little bit away from it. I, I thought the story just in general was kind of dull um mm-hmm. it is a, a you know another family drama actually would have been a probably decent connection off of who's afraid of virginia wolf because it's kind of about people in the the dull terms of marriage mm-hmm. uh the things that they do to kind of make themselves feel alive uh yeah. including a, a son that isn't uh plays a big role um mm-hmm. but really really great performances some of the best uh jake gyllenhaal without getting like crazy jake gyllenhaal just like yeah. intense um because i think of um Nightcrawler is the one I was thinking of and it's like yeah. it's not that character probably closer to, to what we get from Jake Gyllenhaal in Brokeback Mountain yeah um and, and I, I think I said to you when well. I watched it I think I said to you when I watched it that I was surprised you didn't come up as a connection to Brokeback Mountain mm-hmm. yeah sure. um so yeah uh, big fan of that uh, and you know it was interesting too all of the connections you know we just talked about mm-hmm. uh Brokeback Mountain but Paul Dano is actually uh married or is partners with so partners. they're not officially married yeah they're any. not married yeah. with, with but has been for since like 2008 with zoe kazan yep uh and so you know we've had lots of lots of kazans lately on this podcast but also mm-hmm. last week we talked about the batman which has paul dano in a role um yep. so some fun some, some fun little uh connections there as well for sure yeah um, so uh wildlife isn't streaming anywhere it was kind of hard to find uh yep. i think i did have to pay to rent it. Unfortunately. So. I did too. Yeah. Yep. Or actually, no. I think I got it from the ISC channel with a seven-day free trial.
1: Oh, that
0: was yeah. what it was. Yes. But I, I need to cancel them.
1: that. Yeah. Yeah, I need. I, yeah, I have a. Uh, I snoozed my Gmail for. days. Uh, that's 30 the trick. That whenever remember. you. Yep. Yeah,
0: that's that's my biggest trick that I'll give everybody. No, it's,
1: it's one of the best life hack advices yeah. you've ever
0: given me. Is make sure if you get if you go on those things like cancel in a month, just snooze it for twenty nine days, and then when it pops mm. back up your inbox, uh, yep. you can uh, you can cancel it. I mean, it
1: only really works if you actually obsessively check your email like Mm -hmm. I do. Yeah, I know a lot of people don't. (laughs) Um,
0: All right. Well, uh, anything else you want to get into before we. uh, Uh, we Zach, it's your birthday coming up
1: um, on Friday. So everybody reach out to Zach and wish him happy birthday on social media. It's his favorite thing. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Yeah, but uh, any any big um,
0: birthday watches you? Uh, uh, yeah, uh, Michigan State plays on my birthday, which never goes <laughs> oh, well. So well, uh, hopefully we won't have a repeat of the last time that happened. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, otherwise nothing nothing huge planned. Nice. Um, just watching a lot of basketball, eating some food, taking a couple of days off of work. Awesome. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. Birthdays are like. Are there any good movies about birthdays? I'm sure there are. Nothing's popping. Well, this out. one technically is about
1: a birthday, but. Uh...
0: Oh, true. There <laughs> we go. All right. Well, yeah. So let's get into it. Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? So uh, it's from 1966, directed by Mike Nichols, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, stars uh, Elizabeth Taylor, Richard Burton, uh, George Segal, Sandy Dennis, yep. and then there's like a couple. There's two other people who play the roadhouse uh, waitress and manager. Yeah. Um and you know really what we're watching here is we're watching one night uh with a couple that's been married for many years uh as they return home from a party and they are drinking and just kind of having a there i would say it's just like you're watching a therapy session basically Mm -hmm. a a marriage counseling session between two people with uh two other younger people so george seagal plays a character named nick and sandy dennis plays his wife honey uh, Mm -hmm. and they are visiting with george and Martha. And uh, George and Martha are laying all on the line and everybody's kind of talking about their marriage issues. Both couples really talking about some of their marriage issues. Yep. And uh, we spend a night with them. Uh, it's a stage to screen adaptation. Yep. And uh, yes, that 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 is Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. So, uh, Brendan, what, what were your initial thoughts? Yeah, so initial thoughts.
1: Um, basically, this is in line with some other movies that I've talked about on this podcast before where – I was really vibing with this movie. I really loved this movie, and I never want to watch this movie again. This was, like, a deeply affecting horror movie. Like, a human horror movie for me. Mm-hmm. Like, it was very intense. I was captivated the entire time. Okay. Um, And I, I never felt a bit of the two-hour runtime. Um, And it's right up there with, like, when... I know I've talked in the past about how, how hereditary made me feel afterwards where I had to like go for a walk and then watch something completely, totally different afterwards. This movie hit me like in the exact same way. And hereditary is going to come up on my also rands later as a connection, Mm -hmm. but not as a, Mm -hmm. not as a pure connection, but this movie hit a lot of those human horror movie vibes that just really, really um, hit home for me that I, That I found so unsettling Mm -hmm. but at the same time I was so captivated by the performances like I was like oh my god this is just incredible especially so um you know before we get into your initial thoughts some context behind this um behind this movie that I think our interest that our listeners will find interesting is um, so the play debuted in 1962, written by Edward Albee. Um, around that time, Richard Burton and Elizabeth Taylor were engaging in their first affair on the mm-hmm. set of Cleopatra. Mm. Um, they saw this film on a date, or saw that saw the saw the play on a date. And then um, in 1964, they both divorced their respective um, spouses. Uh, Elizabeth Taylor was actually married at the time to singer Eddie Fisher, father of Carrie Fisher, Mm -hmm. um, after already ruining his marriage to Debbie Reynolds. Um, And then they got married in 1964, and two years later, they made this film. And they were sort of the 60s Hollywood... It couple like they were the Brangelina, to put it in modern context of the 60s, where basically the paparazzi documented every single bit of their lives mm-hmm. and their affairs and their romance and their marriage, their subsequent divorce in 1974, their subsequent remarriage, and then divorce in 1976. So they they were married twice, divorced twice, all within the span
0: of 10 years. And where, so can you put into context in 1966 when this movie came out, or maybe 1965 yeah. when this movie was made, were they together at the time? Or they were together. Separate? Okay. This would have been right after they got, they, they probably started developing
1: this to film within a year of getting married in 1964. And
0: then life so, imitated art and life imitated they
1: art and actually precipitated their own marriage breaking apart 10 years later. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of a prophet prophesitorial prophet, prophet prophecy
0: Pro,
1: yeah yeah, it's sort of a prophecy film for their what would eventually happen to their own marriage
0: mm-hmm. you know
1: 10 years later and I, I find that endlessly fascinating. Um, if you want more context for the Richard Burton and Elizabeth Taylor relationship, highly recommend um the Karina Longworth podcast we must remember this.
0: About, um, this is not Hollywood the first this is not the first time that podcast has come up. It's definitely not connected to one of our movies. Definitely not. Um, I believe
1: uh, I, Alvin and I, I think both talked about it extensively on the What's Upon a favorite Hollywood episode. Mm-hmm. But um, so that context, having that context from listening to that podcast, watching this movie, I think made it much more engaging for me as well than I would have been otherwise because I'm sitting there watching these two people basically in a brand new relationship acting like they're at the end of their relationship
0: mm-hmm. and the
1: the fact that they're both so good at just tearing each other apart is both a tremendous credit to their acting but also maybe even is a little meta and goes to show maybe why their marriage didn't last
0: mm. well and one of the things that i read about this mm-hmm. this movie too is that Uh, elizabeth taylor gained 30 pounds for the role too Mm. and she was you know one of the known as one of the most beautiful women still is one of Mm -hmm. the most beautiful women in hollywood even even gaining 30 pounds um but you know she's kind of playing against type where she's you know a little bit frumpier uh 50 year old woman Is who she? yeah i mean she she was cleopatra you know three years Mm -hmm.
1: the most the most beautiful woman in the in history according to some historians you know three years three years earlier in in cleopatra and now she's playing someone 20 years older than that in this and so Mm. so is burton burton is playing much older than his actual
0: actual age at the time as well yeah um so you know my initial thoughts on this and and i do wish i had a little bit more of that context before i saw Mm -hmm. it um i think that that would have helped but i just was it just didn't hit me at all um, really? i mean i think it was hard to see it was hard to watch um hard okay. to sit with for sure uh i kind of appreciated like some things that it was doing i kind of thought i was watching one movie until the end and then it was something mm-hmm. different uh and going into it i thought this was going to be fun like i thought this was like a, i thought this was going to be at least some elements of like comedy to this mm-hmm. i do not know where i got in my head that this was one of the funniest movies ever i must be confusing it with something else um because well, it does have some very dark humor but um, yeah, but most
1: of that comes from the um, Sandy Dennis character, Honey, who
0: just gets plastered right off the bat. And well, they yeah. all are pretty plastered. Yeah. Um, are, yeah, so I, you know, one thing that I did re- that I first had heard about this movie was mm-hmm. there was a book that I read a long, long time ago uh, called "The Movies That Changed Us," and it's actually mm-hmm. written by Nick Clooney, who is George Clooney's dad. Okay. Uh, and i actually I googled it because i was like i know i read about this in like george Clinton's dad's book uh mm-hmm. found an npr article about the about the book i don't know if it's the year that the book came out it's from 2002 so that might line up with when i read this book um mm-hmm. and he lists like the 20 movies that change our lives this movie came in at number five and it was the first right. i'd ever heard of this movie um and somehow i in like a uh mandela effect or something i guess i had read that this was a funny movie um mm-hmm. it is not i mean so you know his his top 20 included number one was saving private ryan okay. uh then star wars taxi driver graduate who's a mm. virginia wolf dr strange love marty on the waterfront uh were the top eight and then it gets into some other um imagine easy rider is somewhere high on that list no easy rider is not uh-huh. on that list Interesting. Um, i think this is the only movie from that list that we've done on this podcast actually interesting uh, although marty's come up quite a bit um and I thought that I had read that this movie was super funny. So, like, going mm-hmm. in, I was like, all right, like, this sounds like a dark movie, but there's going to be, like, a an element of lightness or, like, wackiness. Um, and I guess there is, but it's it really is, like, you're just watching. It, this is a horror movie, basically, without yeah. without a monster, That's... without a killer. Um, and you're just and watching you these, say the these unhappy people. Yeah, yeah, I guess the monster is alcohol in this. Um, just these unhappy, drunk people. Um, mm-hmm. four four unhappy dark people, and you're stuck with them for two hours and 15 minutes. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I saw one person on Letterboxd actually compared this to that episode of The Office when they go to Jan, yes. when uh, Pam and Jim go to Jan, Jan and Michael's apartment, and yeah. Jan's, like, throwing stuff at him, and they're, like, stuck Yeah, it's the, the dinner
1: apartment. party. It's one of the most cringeworthy
0: episodes of The Office. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. I, that is, like, that is similar, but that is, like, cringy and fun. Whereas this was... Right. I don't know and it was just for me like the I get what it was going for with the writing the writing just did not at all connect for me uh the way that Streetcar Named Desire I could read so much into it and even though that was also like tough to watch mm-hmm. um I just felt like there were so many more layers whereas this I was like everything's talked about like kind of from a distance um and it's nothing in the, like the writing just isn't like super clear all the time yeah. um to the point where what I thought we were watching was I thought we were watching two hallucinations. And maybe mm. that is one read of this. But I thought we were watching a married couple that did not have visitors. Because I was like, who's coming to their house at like midnight after drinking all night? You and never then, been like, to the party with the after party? I mean, these didn't, these don't seem like people who are partying, though. These people seem like That's people good. who are just drinking. So the yeah. whole thing just felt off to me from the first place. And I was like, well, this is just two drunk people who are imagining that they are spending the night with two younger people, maybe two younger versions of themselves Mm. or a version of their child, you know, a hallucination of a child with, uh, you know, either two children or, like, you know, their son and his wife. Um, And maybe there is a read on that. I don't know. Did did you get any read or was this pretty much straight up where it's an older couple and a younger couple? There was a part of me that thought
1: maybe the reason that they picked the couple was that the son reminded them – of the sun that they were going to like make up, mm-hmm. basically. Because I think it's very pointed that Nick looks like the sun that they describe mm-hmm. with the blonde well,
0: hair and the green eyes and the but an older like, version, because the sun that they describe exactly. is turning 16. His birthday exactly. is the next day. Like that, that's version. Sunday. Um and I mean and, we can agree that the sun does not exist. Like the right, sun is no. part
1: of the game. Yes. Yeah. So there th- was a long part of me where I thought maybe the sun did exist. And what broke the game was was um I, I'm gonna wanna say freaking Bert Lancaster, and it's not Bert Lancaster, it's Richard Burton.
0: Um, Richard Burton
1: saying that the son had died basically was against the rules because you couldn't kill somebody who actually existed. And so they, so that that was part of what I thought at first. And then me, much like Nick, finally realized at the very
0: end exact like everything was a lie.
1: Like right. there, was, there never
0: was and I I also yeah. thought like we're hearing stories about um, mm. about the the guy who kills his father in the car accident right. for example and so I you know we're hearing so much in this movie about fathers and sons and death yeah um, so I I just I assume like the way they're talking about this kid I'm like oh the kid is dead um, right this this you know he's not here we're not seeing him we're not seeing pictures of him like this kid died Um. And it, what it really is is that the kid never existed, and the couple right. couldn't have children in the first place, right um, and I think that's why they treat um
1: that's why they treat honey so terribly once they find out that she gave up a child.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: you know, is that 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 sort of turns them because for a while they're sort of like really nice to honey and more focusing in on torturing Nick and just sort of like playing with honey but then mm-hmm. when they find out from nick
0: what happened with honey's pregnancy that's nick. when so what they find out is that she was when they they got married basically yeah. a shotgun wedding because nick thought she was she was pregnant and then all of a sudden the pregnancy just went away and she, well, she th- blew she up an and abortion she, right but what nick yeah. nick i don't know if nick even knows that nick though. doesn't know that right and that's yeah and like again, that's another one of those things that's like off. I'm like, are these real people? Because why would he just assume like, oh, you looked pregnant. Now you no longer look pregnant. Like, right? Again, it just everything was a little bit off, and it just never came together quite right. Where I was like, well, are we watching a surreal hallucination, or is this just a straight up drama where there's there's two couples with each other?
1: Right. Yeah, I, I definitely got vibes on the hallucination side of like. Especially of like you know to to step on the movie map a little bit of like shutter island a Mm -hmm. little of like we're putting on this performance because it helps us cope with the day-to-day life
0: that we're living so that we don't have to live in the reality that we're actually stuck in right and i I, I do think like probably a second watch of this movie knowing mm -hmm. exactly what happened there's probably things like you're you know you have martha sleeping with nick and accusing nick of being sexually inadequate well you know did she actually know i
1: right. don't think
0: she well, i don't think she did
1: I oh, think that's I, part of the illusion is that okay. because nick, nick doesn't says, know because he's so drunk like he wouldn't know whether or not they did or not
0: mm-hmm. like yeah that's interesting the, 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 I, the, I assume that they did and that she's projecting like you're sexually inadequate well, what is sexually inadequate if in a biological sense unable to have children and right. so she was like once once i kind of put that together that you know at the end of the movie it's like oh you know no george george can't have kids or she you know maybe and they might not know mm-hmm. which one of the two of them is you know that has fertility issues maybe it's both of them but this is her way of getting back at at is by saying you know you're mm-hmm. you're sexually inadequate uh nick just like george's um Fair so yeah and i mean you know some of that surrealism too comes from the the gun for example that yeah, you, know, right. you see this early in the in the film where George holds the gun to to Martha's head but it's it shoots not like a fl- you know you normally you a, a prop gun like that you would see a flag that says bang and that comes out of it Right. but this is an umbrella that comes out of it. Yeah. And uh
1: yeah. speaking of speaking of the Batman earlier it actually like really reminded me of something like a the penguin
0: right trick yeah like yeah. Yeah, in, in Batman Returns I think he exact does that exact thing right? Yeah. Um I don't remember if it was a gun but he shoots something and it shoots an umbrella out. Um yeah. Yeah, it's his cane. I believe has an umbrella. Yeah. yeah, it's his cane. But also has a
1: gun, like the mm. umbrella,
0: the umbrella gun. Yeah. Yep. Uh, another reason why I thought things we were seeing some sort of hallucination is that like mm-hmm. Nick is a name, and yes, right. Honey could be a name, but like Honey is sort of, I mean, that's like a a, a pet name that you would have. It's for a somebody, pet name. Yeah. Right. Like you would. Oh, come on over, Honey. Um, versus like Nick is a, is an actual first name. I mean, yes, I know there are people whose first names are Honey, but most, right. you know, it's it's just weird to have. The character Honey, names Bunny. are like George, Martha, and I want to come back to that as well. The character yeah. names of George or Martha, oh, yeah. Nick, and then Honey. Like it just really stands out to me. It's as, a little as, off,
1: and I think that's that's also part of why I think she's the most surreal and ridiculous of the characters. Is mm-hmm. you're supposed to feel a certain disconnect with Honey mm-hmm. because she is sort of supposed to be the every the the characters gateway
0: into this world
1: like, like our she, audience avatar yeah our right. audience
0: avatar yeah yeah which is interesting because i think we get the least from her right we're getting a lot right. and I, that was one of my criticisms earlier is i'm like we're really not even getting much of martha we're right. mostly right. just getting things from Georgia's perspective right we're right. seeing george and nick out by the tree um you know on the swing set and they're having the conversations or we're seeing you know Georgia and martha with with nick and honey kind of watching right. uh we're seeing martha and george or sorry martha and nick but then honey like we see honey's passed out in the back of the car and right. um besides the scene where honey tells george about her abortion or george yeah. picks up on the fact that she had an abortion we really don't get much else about honey right at That's all yeah. um so she's just not you know and and i saw a lot of people who who really uh who thought sandy dennis gave a great performance i think she was I thought so too. Yeah. she won uh best supporting actress i believe um yeah but to me she didn't really stand out that much i don't know there i'm not sure exactly why but um i just think this was this was one of those movies that just like did not click for me um the way the way it did for everybody else uh,
1: everyone in this movie was nominated for an oscar um including mike nichols as director was nominated for best picture um 13 total Academy Awards, or 11? I think
0: it's 13, and I think it's... Yeah, tied with Power of the Dog, right? Well, and this, it was one of only two films to be nominated in every eligible category. Uh, The other is Cimarron, which I know nothing about Cimarron. That's from 1931. Uh, And Uh, winning
1: five, it won for Best Costume Design, mm
0: -hmm.
1: uh, Best Cinematography, which I would absolutely agree with. Uh, I thought it was a really gorgeous film. Uh, Best Art Direction, which I, in Black and White, which I would also agree with. Um, for Richard Silver and George James Hopkins, and then uh, as you said, Sandy Dennis and Elizabeth Taylor won for Best Actress. It did not win
0: Best Picture in nineteen sixty-four. Yeah. Um, so it's a good movie to watch for, uh, you know, an Oscar season Oscar, to watch yeah. to watch movies. Something that was uh, nominated for every available category.
1: Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I <laughs> really um. I'm not surprised it didn't win Best Picture, but I do think it deserved to be nominated. I mean, I, you know, I, I think this is going to be one of those movies where not only do our uh, listeners vastly disagree on the score, but it seems like you and I do. Yeah. Um, yeah,
0: this is- I mean, this I, is can, a- I can appreciate some things that it did. Um, and I'm just looking at what else came out in 1966. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, like the fact that this was nominated for so many awards- and mm-hmm. you look at the letterbox score, and like everybody I'm friends with on Letterboxd, it's like four and a half, three and a half, yep. four and a half, four and a half, four and a half, four yep. and a half like every it's it's got a four point two average on letterbox. I mean, it's on all these lists of like the greatest movies ever. Uh, mm-hmm. George Clooney's dad put it on one of the you know in his top ten. Yep. and i I appreciate like what they were going for. Um, mm-hmm. it just I don't know it i I think I've just seen other movies that deal with marriage issues in a way that i can as somebody who's i mean and also i'm not i'm not married i've never been married i haven't been married right. for 50 years um i think probably if you've been in a long time marriage you might watch this movie and say yeah like this is how i this is the mundane that i feel some days where mm-hmm. we just are you know it's we've been together Doing little for things for 40 our years yeah. yeah this thing that you do drives me nuts and mm-hmm. i like the only way that i you know in this like we're seeing a more dramatic version, but it's like, yeah, this yeah. is how the only way that I can express how bad you make me feel is by screaming at you or by making right. a scene in the middle of the street. Um, I don't have that. Right. The, the closest right. I have to that is my podcast partner that I've done 115. podcasts <laughs> with. I just yell at yeah. you on G chat. Right. Yeah. Or, so,
1: or, or, or you and I both have siblings that drive us up a freaking Right. Way. Yeah. You know, and that's really the closest that we have. Like we would love to get rid of this person, but we can't. Right. Yes. You know,
0: cause they're still family. Mm-hmm. But we still have to scream and yell at them sometimes. Yeah. And, um, I, and I do think we should talk about the direction of Mike Nichols because I think he does yeah. a lot that you can't get from a. St- I was as I was watching this, I was like, I don't know how a stage version of this would work at be uh, yeah, it different. all takes place in the house, basically. They never yeah. leave the house on stage. W- well, which is what we had with streetcar name desire. Yeah, but exactly. again, the use of camera in this, like we get a ton of super close ups and these smash mm. cuts where we go from one person's face, like when they're driving to the roadhouse and we get the car brakes and then immediately we're inside of the house, I think was, you know, right. there was that cut. Kind of, there was a, a shot through the window where we're getting the circular window, that framing. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of really interesting camera decisions and camera work in this. Um, yeah. And as we both said, it looked, you know, that black and white is like that contrast yeah. looks really stark and looks really good. Yeah.
1: Um, one of you know I love mirror shots. Um, mm-hmm. I wanted to call out the mirror shot at the beginning of the film when they get back from the party and they both go upstairs to their bedroom to get changed. And um, Elizabeth Taylor's character Martha closes the door, but she's still talking through the door at George. And so mm-hmm. you're watching George talk to Martha through the reflection of him in the bathroom door.
0: Oh, interesting. I didn't even. Pick and up I thought
1: that. that was like such a beautiful shot. Um, mm-hmm. it, it was like really that's not something you're going to see on, or get on stage like, right they might no, have there, a mirror there's a lot that this benefits from be...
0: being on mm. camera versus on stage exactly uh, and so i i completely agree mike nichols should have been nominated for yep. best director uh yeah, and best cinematography as well which uh director of photography their cinematographer uh haskell wexler was yep, the one uh, yeah and he also did one for the cuckoo's nest the okay. conversation the heat of the night um nice. you know uh, among others faces the thomas crown affair so he's done mm. uh canadian bacon <laughs> he oh, shot nice. canadian bacon as well so uh ups and downs i guess there you go. um yeah and you know for mike nichols for this being his first picture as well yeah. uh and he'd do the graduate the very next year uh yeah. 1967 um you know i think that's that's also really commendable i just think in terms of Best Picture, I mean, I guess, I guess Best Picture isn't going to work for, for all the Best Picture nominees aren't going to work for everybody. So right, and
1: I mean that's one of the big things about this year's crop of Best Picture nominees is like not every movie is working for everyone. Like that's why it's been so hard to predict like what's going to win this year. Oh, this
0: current year, twenty twenty one. Yeah, this current yeah. year is yeah. like
1: this. I feel like this happens every year, and I mean, I know this comes up on uh, the big picture all the time. Is that the thing that winds up winning Best Picture is not normally looked back on five ten years later as the best picture of that year
0: mm-hmm. you know what i mean like the, yeah. the
1: academy rarely gets it right
0: yeah well I'm and not, looking so, at the, the oscars from 1967 like i haven't really yeah. even seen any of the movies that were i haven't seen any of the best picture nominees besides yeah. this one now i've seen a man for all seasons and i haven't even heard of two of the other ones yeah alfie yeah. the russians are coming the russians yeah. are coming which um
1: and i've, and I've only familiar. heard of alfie because we've talked about michael Caine before and it's you know, stars Michael Caine, it's come up before. Michael cocaine yeah. Yeah, Michael Caine. Um, uh, but I've never heard of the sand pebbles or the Russians are coming, the Russians are coming. And nope. so you um, know, and Never for all seasons is a classic. It's one of those ones that they always show you in high school when you're doing um English history British history. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean,
0: that's really
1: it. I, I mean, mean,
0: crazy that the good, the bad, and the ugly was nineteen sixty six. Yeah, and is now is not anywhere on these Academy Award nominations. Now I don't know. Maybe the year is. Could that be a year off, or was this just was good? Bad, and the ugly, just not recognized. Well, it's these are
1: films that you know. You also have to remember that these are still a lot of these films came out in 1966 because the Oscars were timed a little bit differently back then.
0: Yes. No. 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 I get so, the movies yeah. came out in 1966, and then they're, it's it's yeah. the 1967 Oscars. Um, right. I mean, yeah, I don't. I'm just looking at uh, Good to Bad, and the Ugly it does not look like it was nominated for any awards. Right. So and that's probably the most I mean that's that's definitely the most memorable movie from that year. Okay. I, I would have th- to I would have to go back and look. I don't have the I don't have sixty six I mean Persona, uh, Daisies, Blow Up, Who's of Virginia Wolf, Battle for Algiers Battle of Algiers, which I know you're gonna be yeah. watching this week, Batman, nineteen sixty six, um, Oh man, that should have won Best Picture. Yeah that is, I mean, that, that is a, I mean we we got the penguin in that one too maybe well, he the rest of metal that, um yeah i mean nothing else that really stands out el dorado um so Don't, yeah i yeah. mean what's up, what's up what's up, tiger lily i did like that that was woody yeah. allen's first movie um was that here so there you go but yeah, yeah i mean i think i think the academy got it right nominating this in the first place yeah oh, looking at at, for me. i mean i haven't seen enough of the movies but looking at yeah. those movies I, I can see why this was nominated yeah. um And you know, this is one of those podcasts where, like, you and I probably are not the—you know—we are by no means the experts to come in and talk about this because neither of us are married. Neither of us have been married for a long time, so like, it's just kind of what our initial impressions are. And it would be interesting with some of our some of our listeners who have been married for a long time and who have families. Uh, I'll be interested to read their feedback to see how this movie may or may not have connected for them.
1: Yeah, I mean, you made the joke that we should have gotten a divorced couple on the podcast this week, and that's not you know, not necessarily a terrible idea for the future, but, I mean, at the same time, like... I think that that would have added a different perspective for sure, but I don't know that that's... You know, I mean, we can... I think we're fully capable of talking about this movie just from what we enjoyed or didn't enjoy about it. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I really thought was that all four of the performances were incredibly strong of our main leads, and especially... The chemistry between Richard Burton and Elizabeth Taylor, you can understand why these two fell in love and had such a heated Hollywood love affair that then turned sour and then love again and then sour again, because that all happens throughout this film with the
0: two of those characters like yeah it's and i do think like there's a line that mm-hmm. like in you know this one this did help this movie click a little bit for me it's later on in the movie uh, and martha says it snapped when it snaps mm-hmm. it snaps and that does feel like you know i i can't speak to it from the marriage front but to, you know from a job perspective where you know you just lo- like you lose it you're like up oh, like, you know, like not, not like you let la- like you flap the handle but like you're in a job you're like this is working this is working and then all of a sudden you're like this doesn't work yeah, and that that creeping doubt that comes in, and you know, with the with the marriage, you're like, oh, this marriage is fine, and then one day you're just like, this marriage doesn't work anymore. Mm-hmm. And when it snaps, it snaps. And that that concept makes a lot of sense to me. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's been plenty of times where I'm just like, oh, like this thing that I'm doing does mm-hmm. not like, and you, you can't get it back. You can't you can't always like unsnap that branch that's broken but right. um, we see a tree earlier in the movie we see that huge tree early in the movie and it's like right. when that branch snaps right. like you can't replace it mm-hmm. um and when it snaps the swing is going to follow ground so uh that concept i think you know like it, it yeah. happens all kinds of stuff and so i that i really really appreciate in this movie and i like the ideas i just it, the rest of it didn't click for me huh. so, um i want to talk about a couple other things uh, yeah. i brought the names uh, George yep. and Martha, and I was like, why do the names George and Martha stick out to me so much? Our first family, bro. Yes, George Washington and Martha Washington. Yep, it's the it, these are these are meant to be
1: the stereotypical older couple in America at that point in time.
0: Mm-hmm. Like
1: they're they're supposed to be the all American couple. Not basically.
0: as old as yeah, because that's yeah. true. Like right, there. they're
1: meant they're meant to be the to meant they're meant to signify the all American couple in in the
0: 1960s you know mm, yeah so much Which, so that like that swing that I just you know the the tree swing right like the yep. you know sitting out on the porch or sitting out on the tree swing um yep. yeah yeah uh, you know coming home from a uh, coming home from work party yeah they they are like supposed to be the the platonic ideal of like suburban life I'm sure if you look in the background some of the the pictures or the accolades that are on the wall like how perfect mm. and idyllic their life is exactly um, on the surface yeah it's all it's all about
1: surface versus what's boiling under
0: the surface yeah and i guess that that can be represented when the when he kicks in the door um because the the latch is is and when he kicks it in what does he find he finds his wife's shirt on the steps and her upstairs with another man Yeah. so um, So I, i really wanted to
1: get into what i thought was one of the more like what what kept me engaged was how the characters in this movie used and threw back in the faces of the other characters the lies and the stories that they were telling to each other and telling to themselves Mm -hmm. to, like, make it through the evening. Like, was there a specific part of George and Martha's quote-unquote game that you thought really worked for you or was the hardest for you to really reconcile with? Like, I, I really... Enjoyed the one-on-one back-and-forth tête-à-tête with Nick and George, where George is constantly poking at Nick, "quote-unquote" misunderstanding him as he's saying things when he's actually like on purpose misunderstanding. Like, when, he, when he's what saying can...
0: you're you're a biologist, and he's yeah, like exactly. oh, a math instructor or whatever. Yeah, I thought right. that
1: was like uh... I, I thought all of that was really really good. Where or when he's talking about no, you're married, you're married, I'm married, no, you're married.
0: Like, mm-hmm. you
1: have a child, you have a child? No, I have a child, no, you have a child. When they're out on the swing, and, like, sort of drunk, like, playing so drunk that he's not remembering what Nick said to him five seconds ago, like, it. I thought all of that worked really, really well to, like, amp up the tension
0: between Nick and George. Yeah, I... I did not, I mean, I, I thought it was kind of like some of that was kind of cute and fun. Um, mm-hmm. a little bit of the most fun you get in this movie. Mm-hmm. Maybe that scene would be better now knowing the truth about George's son, yeah. that George doesn't have a son. Maybe what he's saying, you're actually he's, what he's saying is true and um, but he's playing it off. But a lot of that felt like when you're at a bar with somebody and they're really drunk and you're trying to talk to them. Exactly. And, and just, that's why I loved it. Yeah. oh but it's like the frust it's like that frustrating feeling where i'm like oh my god you're like no you're bombed out of your mind like, yeah. and i just and everybody in this movie is bombed out of their mind so Oh, absolutely it was hard for me to to really like make heads and tails of some of that um mm. so and i think it was just like that stuff just got me off on the wrong foot for this and i was just like constantly trying to like catch up to it and just couldn't quite get there um, um. Probably. And I'm, I'm bummed about that. I, I wish yeah. that I, I wish I connected more with this movie. There's a lot of other movies about marriage that I, um you know, and, and failing marriages that, you know, mm. and I'm sure some of that will come up that I connect a lot more to. Mm. And maybe it's because they're more modern. Although, you know, like, uh, Kramer versus Kramer is not more modern than this. Right. And, uh, but also, some of those movies wouldn't exist without this movie, to a degree. Like, well, mean, And, and in exist, all of those movies, they... people are sober, as well. I do yeah. think, like, the it's just, like, it's so hard to kind of get in that mental state where, how inebriated they are. Uh, maybe yeah. I needed to be drunk, as well, watching I this. I think to, part to of it is that I've been around a couple
1: like George and Martha. Mm-hmm. And yep. on multiple couples that I know that are like George and Martha... Um, But more specifically, one of my oldest college friends, every time I go to have gone to visit him since we graduated college, we've had a night like this Mm -hmm. where you are just drunk, sitting outside, going from inside to outside, drinking all night. Somebody's fighting. Somebody's crying. Somebody's having a really deep philosophical conversation. And it goes around in circles all night until everybody just passes out. Mm-hmm. And it's like so I've been I've been a part of a night like this. And I think that's why I was so engaged with it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, is because I do you
0: like those nights? Because I don't enjoy that. I don't no, enjoy what I'm, I don't. But
1: yeah. well, I, I mean I'm enjoying it in the moment But i mean then again probably not because i can't remember because i was Mm -hmm. so drunk so i don't know but i mean it's also like something that i don't wish to replicate anytime soon because now i'm 42 years old and i don't want to have nights like that anymore but they Uh, were really fun
0: when i was in my late 20s yeah um one thing that just popped in my head you know like the fun night right you go out to the bar and you're dancing and playing music and stuff the bar was completely empty that they're in yeah because it was because it was three o'clock in the morning yeah, but that also added to the surreality, and yeah. I was like, "Okay, like this isn't actually happening. They're not actually at right. the bar. Also, like they're extremely drunk and driving to this bar, and not yeah. driving well after just telling a story about a car accident where yep. the father was killed. And That's part of the game. Yeah, that's part of the psychological
1: manipulation of. Nick so do they and do this? Like, do they do this to other couples? You think that was going to be my unanswered question? Is do you think that this is the first time they've done this to another couple? And I think the answer is probably no. Do oh, I was think- going to say yes. I think they definitely played
0: this game before. Uh maybe a similar game, but the but, uh word would get out. If they like if they did like Nick and Honey are going to go back and tell all their colleagues at the college and be like these are people are know? fucking nuts. I because mean because then because then their own
1: secrets about what they did, their own complicity in that night also has to come out. Yeah. Like you know, I mean they they have their own reputations that they have to protect
0: is this where so like they're they're playing a, uh, this game that is terrifying people is this where like the idea of saw came from like want to play a game I mean, it kind of is it's like yeah, yeah. I and mean, then it's yeah it's it's hmm. that awkward for sure yeah this movie did remind me of secret honor in a way okay. um which is another that's that's movie I watched a couple of weeks ago it's an altman movie um starring philip baker hall and that's it yeah. and he plays richard nixon in one of richard like you know, towards the end of Richard Nixon's life, like reflecting back on the things that he did, um, mm-hmm. and like ranting these crazy theories, and like, you know, he's recording and he's saying, "Cut that!" and uh, it's it's very much a play. Uh, you know, it's, it's one man in a room, and he's in this kind of like library-esque room with lots of books and you know desks yeah. and um, it, it, like, there's a lot of this movie that I saw reflected in that, and that was one where I was like way more interested in what was going on and could just connect with the movie better than this. So, uh, okay. you know, let's throw a secret honor out there. It's just like, I don't think it's a great connection this movie, but this movie reminded mm-hmm. me a lot of it. So, um, all right, let's see. Anything else that we want to touch on before we get to uh, feedback? Um, no, let's, let, let's get into feedback. And if I
1: have anything else, it'll come
0: up in my one more thing, I think. but um, yeah. We haven't talked about Virginia Woolf, the name Virginia Woolf. Um, yeah. And I know this comes up in one of the, one of the emails that we get. Um, but, you know, Virginia Woolf's not not somebody that I'm super familiar with. Um, I thought it was going to be a character in this movie because mm. uh, I'm an idiot and uh, <laughs> did not realize that. Because you don't understand plays on words. Right. Yeah. So Virginia Woolf uh, is an author. And from what I mm-hmm. saw on the quick Wikipedia, is a uh, like pioneered kind of the use of stream, uh, stream of consciousness in yep. uh, literary writing. And that's sort of how this game is played, is this game, the way it flows,
1: the quote unquote game for George and Martha is a stream of consciousness because they are constantly making up how this game is going to run as they're sucking Nick and uh, Honey deeper and deeper into the game. Mm -hmm. And what finally breaks the game is, you know, when George finds out, you know, that martha said something about an element in game that she shouldn't have and so he uses that against her to destroy the game mm-hmm. and quote unquote win right you know and th- so he finally wins at the end does anybody I mean, win you think he wins at the end of george, george wins the wins the game at the end i mean because he's the one that gets to say who's a of virginia wolf that she has to say
0: i am so i mean oh. that's the game you know huh interesting At least that was my
1: interpretation, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, this—I don't think this is the last time they'll play the game either. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you see them looking out. The sun is starting to rise, and it's the next Mm day. What would be the 16th? And maybe this is something they do every year instead of every like every weekend. But they do this the night before their made-up son's uh, birthday. So it's the 16th time. Whenever there's
1: a whenever there's a gala at Yale or wherever he teaches Mm -hmm. for the incoming professors of that year.
0: Yeah, but I just they, don't think it's a. I don't think it's a a coincidence. And maybe that maybe that gala is always the same date, and so that's yeah. why they pick the next day as their. It's son's like birthday. a teasing
1: thing, maybe. But I
0: do. I am kind of putting together now. I wonder if this is the sixteenth time that they have run this game. Oh, could be. Um, yeah. And because it's their son's sixteenth birthday. Right. It could be. Yeah.
1: So. And maybe um, they maybe they've been doing it the same date, and it's always someone who is brand new to the college that so they right. don't know yes so if
0: it's always you know like uh you know it's it's like it's like the labor day weekend or whatever right, right. and they have this gala for incoming professors yeah. and that saturday they always come home yeah and this is some stuff like as much as i didn't enjoy this movie i do feel like this is a movie i need to watch again because i wonder if there's clues throughout or maybe yeah. i'm just like making this stuff up i don't know so i don't know i don't know if i'll ever watch it again but i mean i would
1: you know i think that this movie
0: has a lot more depth the more we poke and prod at it you know yeah. Um well and I this does give me I mean, I think there's lots of interesting ways we could go next week. Uh this did just give me another idea for one. So la la. Uh, um I will la la say la. that what this also reminded me
1: of was there's a there's a really infamous X-Files episode where Motor and Scully go to investigate a haunted house and the haunted house is occupied by two ghosts played mm. by um Ed Asner and I believe the other one is Lily Tomlin. I might be wrong. Um, Somebody's going to have to fact check me on that. But basically, they, the ghosts, the two ghosts torture Mulder and Scully and talk about Mulder and Scully's relationship throughout the episode and how bad of a dude Mulder is and how, you know, much of an idiot Scully is. And then, you know, how, you know, how the husband played by Ed Asner killed the wife and the wife killed the husband and Mm -hmm. they use all this psychological torture on Mulder and Scully throughout the episode that it really reminded me of of this film and i wonder if they took inspiration from this movie for that x-files episode
0: i can see that because yeah. it's really really good um uh,
1: another it's also this, a comedy in a way that this isn't
0: yeah another one this sort of reminds me of actually just thinking about it um i think like there's a black mirror episode that's similar to this where it's okay. like you're watching and it's a game or um right uh, cube is another one where it's like putting people in this like psychological war game? game that gets run saws another yeah. one um and then another one is the purge right like yeah. this is a, the purge this is an annual event where it's like a gamifying crime essentially and this right, is like right, gamifying right. uh psychological trauma right so sure. yeah i mean yeah i you're t- you're talking me around to like why this movie is important and influential mm. um i just you know wasn't it wasn't important Fair and influential enough. to me so Fair enough. uh but oh, well, why yeah. don't we get into listeners? Feedback, didn't they... Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Feedback. Jeff. Uh, so Jeff says, another classic that doesn't sit well with me. I thought, this movie, uh, I thought this was a movie that did nothing but make you feel uncomfortable or bad. Perhaps my view is somewhat tainted from personal experience, but I really dislike the whole thing. The acting was fine, mm-hmm. but this just isn't a movie I would ever want to see. The longer it went, the more uncomfortable it made me feel. 1.5 from Jeff. And I would my 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 response to it made
1: me feel uncomfortable or bad is that's the point though. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to give it a good score for making you feel uncomfortable or bad. Mm -hmm. Right. But that is the point of the movie is to make you feel uncomfortable for these characters Mm -hmm. and sit in that psychological trauma. And for some people, that's a plus for their score, like it was for me with um hereditary and probably Mm -hmm. will be for this movie but i can also understand why that is actually like a big negative for some people because they don't a lot of people want to go to the movies to escape and not sit in trauma what
0: what could be called trauma porn Mm -hmm. yeah that's that's a good that's a good way to put it you know um and for me like a lot of times movies that do make me feel not great are like i'm I'm fine i'm you know, Wildlife is one um, yeah. that connected better for me, right? And that's a movie with, like, a lot of bad things happening. and um, But it's a lot more subtle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or, you know, I watched Dr. Strangelove recently. Like, with mm. everything going on, and it was like, that's not a movie that makes you feel good. You are like, oh. The community. No, but, but it's like, also a farce. Right.
1: Um, Much more of a
0: farce. Yeah, that's true. You know, secret. I'm not, just looking back at that <laughs> I've watched recently. Mass. Okay, Mass is a great example of that. Okay. Mass is a movie that makes you feel horrible. Mm-hmm. And it's my number one movie of last year, but that was when I was just able, and I, that's again, like about marriage and actually that's about four people, two couples in a room. <laughs> uh, that is actually a great, I'm oh, not going to suggest that for next week, but that is a great <laughs> suggestion off of this. <laughs> uh I do not want, if, if people thought this movie made them feel bad, I'm not going to, I'm not going yeah, uh, to We're not going to make the audience sit through Mass, but it, Mass is on the list. I need to see it. Oh. So so Mass, that might be a very interesting one to watch this week for you, because it is a really good connection off of this, because yeah. it, it's very much like a stage performance. There are a couple other actors who are in the movie that is pretty mm-hmm. much four people sitting in a room talking about a difficult topic but it's more it's more grounded and it's it's much right. more this movie is not grounded that that is the problem with this. this movie was not grounded in reality that i could connect to whereas like Got it. mass uh marriage story some of these other movies like they are more grounded in something where i can understand where it's where things are going and where they're coming I'll Step from. on too many of my connections i know all right, let's, i was let's... i was dancing around marriage story for a long time i know it's bitch. gonna come <laughs> up i know it's gonna happen all
1: right <laughs> let's let's times. get on to
0: owen uh owen says
1: great fun dark captivating film Sandy Dennis and Elizabeth Taylor both shine in their roles with deserved awards. George Seagal does gine as the relative voice of sanity amidst all the insanity, albeit he may probably be the maddest character in most other films. For me, it was Richard Burton that really engaged me. could listen to him say anything in that wonderfully gruff, malophilous Welsh voice. Some wonderful drunk acting throughout and almost certainly had to be stone-cold silver while doing so. Felt I could really empathize and relate to the characters. Definitely a film worth revisiting. Four and a half out of five for Owen. Uh, he says one more thing. Betty Davis and James Mason were originally the first choices to star in this film as George and Martha, with Betty still going to refer <clears throat> to the Joseph Cotton pick Beyond the Forest in it. Um, that was something I was gonna bring up in my one more thing. Mm-hmm. As much as I love the Burton Taylor pairing, I would have really loved to see this cast as well. Um, I could see the Betty Davis in the Elizabeth Taylor role um for sure. Um, I'm not familiar enough with James Mason to say for sure, but um I think Owen Owen echoes a lot of the feelings I had on this. I thought all of the drunk acting was really, really good, if not a little over the top sometimes but mm-hmm. necessarily so um and yeah i think they definitely all had to be still cold
0: sober to do it um or at least i hope but i doubt they were yeah um, at least yeah we- i would be curious because we talked about that with marlon brando last week yeah. and we said we thought marlon brando was probably drinking uh yeah as he was doing this
1: yeah because he's so method
0: um we haven't really talked about george Segal a lot
1: um george Segal, of uh most notable as the boss on just shoot me as we mentioned last week um I I found him a little bland, but I also really thought that he needed to be a little more of a straight man, bland, average Joe to counteract the pomposity of the George character.
0: Yeah, you know? uh, I I found him bland too, but I thought it was kind of intentional because he's yeah. this, he's not in this world right, and he's being brought in, and he is kind of. He's the new guy. He's very straight edge, right? He's like, is he a math teacher? Is that correct? And he is he math. Not, no, he's not math. He's biology.
1: Right. Not math. <laughs>
0: oh, no, he's not Elizabeth math. the Taylor he's thinks he's math. But either way, he's, so he yeah. studies a very, like, scientific and precise. He studies right. science, right? He studies right. math. Like, either way, he's not, he's not an English professor. Um, And what is, do we know what, George is a professor George of history. George is a professor of history. So it's math, science, math, faith, Right. Of yeah man yeah like man of a man of art man of man of science yeah. so um and i did just see george seagal did die uh, almost exactly a year ago march 23rd oh, wow. 2021 yeah so, um but uh and he's got an interesting filmography looks like he was in uh both look who's talking and look who's talking now as well i mean i do have a george seagal connection in my in my connections but as do i yeah. i'll be curious if it's the same one yeah um, probably yeah maybe uh all right. Well, uh, so what was Olin
1: scored? We get to, to uh, he to got he got a 4.5. Yeah. So I appreciate the feedback, Olin. Um, yeah. I, I'll, I'll use something else for my one more thing. I appreciate the Betty Davis um, shout out. I had the. I'm glad Owen had the movie because I couldn't find it. But she keeps yeah, saying what a would. dump. She keeps saying what a dump. What is that from? It's from a movie called Beyond the Forest.
0: Uh, uh, what a dump was going to be my intro and then when they had the line georgia martha sad 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 i was like well that describes yeah. this movie pretty well so that's yeah, what it is um are. yeah um uh, and, and one thing just going back to jeff's about how you know this movie didn't make him feel great like i do think like the use of like those extreme close-ups and the camera yeah. work also adds to just the anxiety that you feel watching this movie For sure. um yeah. so all right uh from stefan He says, I'm afraid of ever having to watch Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf ever again. (laughs) It turns out great acting can't always make up for poor writing. The last 15 minutes of the movie are truly interesting, but that means having to sit through two hours of flop, (laughs) nice use of flop, uh, to get there. Taylor and especially Burton are fantastic, but they do not save the movie. I kept hoping someone would kill someone else. Uh, I did think that was actually going to happen. Alas, all of the real characters unfortunately survived. Two out of five for acting and acting only. Ouch. Um, I will say on the writing front, I mean, this was written by, Pulitzer Prize
1: winning and Tony winning Broadway, um, playwright Edward Albee. I mean, I've met Edward Albee. He's a mm-hmm. really nice guy, really quiet. Oh wow! Look at you. Um, but yeah, when I was working in New York, I met Edward Albee when I was working on a show. Mm-hmm. Um, really nice guy. Um, really brilliant playwright. This is definitely his most famous work. Um. But yeah, it's really wild that he would say that. But um, I believe Edward Albee won a Tony and a Pulitzer Prize for this
0: script. Yeah, and uh, co-written by Ernest Lemon. Uh, yep. Lemon. Uh, yeah. And he yeah, uh, Ernest Lemon lo- did the adaptation. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, also worked on West Side Story. So, oh, yep. so, and so, he did a is, lot. so it looks like he does a lot of these stage to screen uh, adaptations. Yeah, he's so on and and I. Impressive.
1: Yeah. 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 Um, incredibly impressive um so i will read megan uh sorry uh we followed brando and lee in streetcar named desire with burton and taylor in who's afraid of virginia wolf which means we've seen some of the best acting of all time over the last two weeks both this movie and streetcar were nominated in all four acting categories at the oscars and while both won for best actress neither won best actor Brando at least went on to win two Oscars later in his career. But what a shame for Richard Burton, who never did get one despite seven nominations and an overall great career. Four out of five four and a half out of five for Megan the librarian. Um yeah, that is surprising. Um that Burton never won an Oscar. I'm sure he got he probably got a lifetime achievement award at some point. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, it's a bummer that he never got his Oscar. Brando yep. did
0: though. All right. Uh, next, I'll just combine our last two. Uh, yep. First one is from my brother. I'm assuming you just pulled this from Letterboxd and he didn't send yeah, yeah. the same. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? I am. 4.5 out of 5 for him. Yep. Uh, and he was really excited about watching this. So that's a great movie. As was Latanya yep. Starks. Uh, I know on Twitter she was really excited. She said we've been picking some classics lately between this yep. and Streetcar.
1: Yeah, I mean, I am not. I wasn't going to um, infer a rating from Latanya, but I'm sure it's a
0: very high score from her as well. Yep. Kanda uh, might have been somebody interesting to have on this podcast, just to give yeah, a sure. like a female's perspective to this. Um, yeah, I don't believe she's ever been married uh, or you know is it? not married. I don't, but I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I think like there's, yeah, different people can bring lots of different experiences. I think Jeff would have been an interesting yeah. person to have on this podcast because sure. he references kind of some personal history as well. And um, right. yeah, I know you know Jeff has been married a long time as well, um, so you know he mm-hmm. would bring that, uh, you know, that read on it that Leo and I can't have. So. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, All right, what did then Jim, say? Jim Crumley, Professor Jim Crumley. Uh, yes. He's a math professor, right? No, I sorry, so, no yeah. biology. Uh, yes. He's professor, a man of letters. He's a man of letters. Yes, uh, <laughs> Professor Jim says this was a fun one with great performances. It roots as a It's roots as a play still make it a bit too talky, but though the mm. characters were extremely extreme, they felt less like the characters of a Streetcar Named Desire. Four out of five for Jim. His hero Thanks. of the movie is George Segal. Uh, it was good to see him keeping up with Taylor and Burton, since I mainly know him from "Just Shoot Me." There you go, boom. And don't sh- don't just shoot don't Martha. You don't You're- just shoot
1: me. Yeah. All right, so uh, that is a three and a half average from the listeners, which is about where I thought when I saw the scores starting to come in that we would land um, some highs and some lows from the listeners that give us a nice average of a three and a half. So. Yeah.
0: Um, which you got I to struggle? Say? I struggle with this. Uh, struggle. I came in thinking two and wow um but I, I i appreciate this movie i just i just it didn't work for me but i think i yes. like, i think we've un, you know again like uncovered a couple of things having our own little podcast therapy session all this. I think i'll go up to mm-hmm. 2.5 um will be by far the lowest score on letterboxd of anybody i know um wow. and i i don't know it's just i couldn't connect with it i it was not grounded enough for me um Maybe I'm just too much of a man of science. I need I need something more more grounded realism than this movie was. I'm a, I'm a man of faith. Um, yeah. I'm also a man of
1: rewarding really great movies with a really great score. Um, I've given two fives this year. One mm-hmm. to the Big Sick, and one to About Time. Mm-hmm. And I'm about to give my third five of the Look year wow. in in eleven weeks. Mm-hmm. That is wild
0: nice we could do
1: it really well this year and this this is a five-star movie it's Mm -hmm. nearly perfect um the things i could dock it for just wouldn't knock anything off the score for me i Mm -hmm. like i said it just it engaged me the whole way through it it really worked for me Mm -hmm. and who's to say if i watched this at any other point in time maybe it wouldn't have worked for me Mm -hmm. but last night sitting in my apartment it worked for me um Mm -hmm.
0: And that I wish it a... did for me. I was so bummed yeah, when I, I got to had... the end of this, and I was like, oh, that's not how I want it to feel with this movie. I've had right. this movie on my watch list forever, and I was really excited to get to it. Um, yeah. That is wild. This is our largest gap in score ever, too. Um,
1: yeah. Our largest disagreement. Um, I So that's going to average this out to a
0: 3.6. Um, no, just, just enough to bump it to a 4. No, it was still be a three and a half for whatever. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, duh, I'm not. A that, professor that's
1: how math works. Yeah,
0: you are not <laughs> a math professor. I'm a biology sir. professor. You're in biology. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I, I wish I could it's put my finger on it's what it was. I, I and I wish I could fix it because I want, I really want to be with you on this movie. I get it. I don't want to podfluence pod you. No, no, you, sure I, aren't. no. you aren't. You aren't. maybe, who knows? Maybe a week from now, I come back and I say, I can't stop thinking about Virginia Woolf. Bump it up too far. Uh, no that
1: won't happen from a 2.5 but you might bump it up to a three
0: no but i could see on a rewatch um there's a lot yeah. of movies that on a rewatch rise a lot for me even movies that we've done on this uh you know True. uh uh big uh big lebowski is one example yeah. of that that rise I bet be, if i watch uh, i bet if i rewatch columbus after giving it a 2.5 two
1: years ago and having seen after yang i would appreciate that movie a lot more.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah it just depends on when you watch a movie and kind of how right. it hits you um you know, I, I think like maybe even stripes, right? Maybe we go back to stripes and yeah. get we we'll get stripes in a different maybe. spot. So, um, <laughs> yeah. What what have I given a five to this year? Just about time. Uh, have like you given one? any fives so far? This I didn't year. even give a five to about time. I it no. You did half. not look at wow. you. Give a
1: four point five to about time. Get out of here, uh, man. Yeah. Um, I mean, and that is actually your.
0: You've given two four point fives to about time of the big six. Yeah, I'm just very stingy with my fives, you um, are and very I probably stingy. should be more. Uh, Oh, my ratings are always, like, in that in that sweet spot, pretty much of, like, yeah. three to four and a half is, like, what I give I everything. Think, I think I'm being consciously
1: more liberal with my scores after giving out so many 3.5s last year. Yeah,
0: that's
1: good. I think that's part of what it is, is that yeah. I was giving out a lot of 3.5s last year, and... I,
0: You know, even on movies that probably deserved a little higher, and I'm trying to be. This is why I just like thumbs up, thumbs down, and then yeah, exactly. Cause otherwise, it's I'm right. like, well, if I give this a five, and I gave like, if I let's say that there's a movie next week that I give a five to, and I'm like, well, is that really better than about time? Like, shouldn't a, like shouldn't retroactively if this movie's a five, shouldn't I retroactively make about time a five? So it's very All hard. Right, that's why I, ratings are stupid. And stupid, yes, nice. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Ratings are dumb. Uh, and
1: uh, anyways, well, that's why um, that's why I like on Down the Hatch. They always say that the rating isn't subjective to the thing you watched before it's not a ranking it's not a ranking it's a rating
0: so yeah but if i look at what were my top five movies of the year and right. uh, yeah i don't know it's weird maybe they're but are they all fives there's nothing I'm wrong right with that yeah, yeah i'm too anal with all this stuff uh, I I look at like even like I was ranking the best picture nominees, and my right. ranking of best picture nominees is different than my ranking of top ten movies. Like I have Power of the Dog second in my best picture nominees, but right. I have Uh Licorice Pizza ahead of Power of the Dog in my best movies from last year. Last As I'm like, you well, should. But how can those be different? Shouldn't they both? Because be? they're, they because, they're be? because they're because they're circumstantial.
1: Because your 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 letterbox rating of your top ten is your personal favorites of mm. the year. It's your choice. Whereas when you're ranking the top ten best pictures, you're taking to it into account even subconsciously what you think will win. And like what
0: is like a like a best picture? Like yeah. Exactly, That's what, yeah, what yeah, is yeah.
1: highly considered a best picture? So it's yeah. also this is the,
0: this is yes. see I don't I don't have a Martha to have these disagreements with. I just have, to have <laughs> a Martha. So, uh, all right. Uh, who's your hero? Shut the up, movie? George. Yeah. All right. Brennan, who's your hero of the movie? Um, for me, it is
1: the on-screen on-screen chemistry between richard burton and elizabeth
0: taylor Ah, i just think they
1: i think they make i think they make this
0: movie uh cool uh i'm gonna mike nichols direction i thought he did a great job um and you know especially if he was trying to make the movie seem surreal he did a good job with that so uh mike nichols yes all right uh let's get into uh what do we do now? Connections? We can do uh, connections, uh, or we can move to the movie map. No, let's do connections. So we talked already about, you know, Alex North being the yep. composer for this movie, Flowers at the Door. Did they yep. actually reference Streetcar Named Desire in this movie, or am I imagining The, the,
1: the Flores de Mortes is...
0: Um, but don't they actually name drop Streetcar Named Desire in this They do. Movie? I don't remember how,
1: but they did, and I didn't write it down. But yeah. They, yeah, there's a there's a reference to Streetcar, and then there's also the... um I think that's how he comes up with the idea for the telegram... Mm-hmm. is the chimes like he's like all right so there's this telegram and that's going to give you this big piece of news that doesn't actually exist mm-hmm. and so there's the telegram that the non-existent telegram that gets Blanche to try to leave the house
0: mm-hmm. and
1: then in streetcar and then you have the telegram from the sun saying
0: the son was dead in this one that's the right. climactic scene in this so yeah uh both movies have a pregnancy that's referenced in them you, you know both yep. movies have uh you know marriage it's having troubles and yeah um, marriage on the rocks and yeah marriage on the, Ooh, there we there yeah you know that's our title connection that's better than okay. mine mine was going to be too much drinking in this marriage but marriage, marriage on, on the, the, the rocks, rocks is like a great double entendre i like it there you yeah. go uh did it's you mean that you have made, that in your head? nominated stage to screen so. yeah yeah no marriage on the rocks is perfect um yeah, that's that that is great um you're welcome. And uh yeah, there were other things to connect to. You know, yeah, like you said, Catrus Green, Oscar nominations. Yeah. Um this took place in New England though. I was gonna say is it, yeah. like they're both but they're both kind of like this does sort of remind me of the like the plantation that they reference, right. uh Bell Bell Isle or Bell, Bell Reef, Bell, Reef, yeah. Belle Reef. Reef. Yeah. Um yeah. like this, like you could see this being what that is. Um right. also, you yeah. know, the the wife coming from from money, yeah, from uh success yeah. like and these really are like very similar movies and i think like one both or neither could be your flavor of these yeah for sure for sure gonna find like a, a very maybe we'll have one that comes up like a very modern version of this yeah. uh we went 51 66 we can get something in like the 80s 90s or today like the radio station uh all right what about uh other connections to other movies from this year anything else uh pavo to you uh yeah so we had the story about an accident
1: um being cut and quote unquote having to cover it up in the quiet american um quiet man the the quiet man sorry no it's oh yeah quiet man quiet american is a different movie uh the quiet man ended this with the story that george makes up about the young boy um we also had drinking driving which happens in um the quiet does it happen in the quiet man not really um drinking driving in about time though about yeah. time we have Tricky Driving. Um we have Tricky Driving in the notebook. We have um, scenes in a scenes in a pub in
0: both Michael Collins
1: and The Quiet trip. Man as well. And the and Brooklyn and uh Yesterday has a uh, does it yesterday have a scene in the pub or
0: no? Um uh, probably. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. when he's playing music in the yep. bar. And we have yeah. the bar scene in the big sick. Yeah, there mm-hmm. we go. Yeah. Uh, jukebox and we had a jukebox musical in yeah. across the universe as well. Um, we have somebody coming into the room in a um
1: new outfit trying to put on a mask of somebody that they're that they're not really between Blanche and Elizabeth Taylor here mm-hmm. when they go to get changed and they're putting on like their fanciest outfit to try to you know impress whoever's in the uh, apartment or house mm-hmm. um what else we got um, so, music o- yeah. yeah, what about music. Music is really important in a lot of the movies we covered this year, and the climactic scene in the club with the erotic, with the dancing. Um, they keep playing the records in the mm-hmm. bar, um, so you have like music playing in major part in Across the Universe, in
0: Yesterday, Once, and, and at the climax of this movie in the bar scene. Yeah. Uh, one other one that I want to add was it's sort of like a twist on a connection. But so in the Notebook, we have children that are forgotten, yeah, uh, real children that are forgotten, and. In Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, we have imaginary children that are remembered. Yep. So it's kind of the opposite. Yep. So, um, all right, and that's all I got um, yep. for connections. All right, great. Um,
1: uh, for movie map, I wrote down uh, Magnolia mm-hmm. for really effed up family, mm-hmm. and trying to come to a catharsis while screaming and yelling at each other, Um, especially the Tom Cruise scene in Magnolia. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that that was the main thing I think. Just thematically, they fit, um, but I couldn't really come up with a better
0: uh, movie map. Yeah, uh, for title connection, who framed Roger Rabbit? Um, okay. Yeah, that's a good one. And uh, this movie actually did come up uh, after I think after What's Up, Doc and Big Lebowski, okay. I believe uh, last year. Um, I couldn't. Let me see what the connections were. And off of scissor hands, it looks like. Oh, wow. Um, so I'll, I'll pull those up. Uh, another one that I had a connection to, I was thinking Serial Mom in terms of, like, you know, idyllic yeah. life on the suburbs that gets surreal and is not actually as idyllic as it seems. Um, so I think that, that that's another option as well. I think that's fair. Yep. Um, and I'm just pulling up uh, the connections to who's afraid of, uh, to...
1: Yeah, well, uh, while you're doing that, I'll go with my um, one last thing on this. Um, And I just want to call out um, Sandy Dennis' character's um, drink of choice in brandy. I'm not a brandy person. I've never really drank brandy. But Mm -hmm. I will say the one time I did have brandy and a large amount of it, I got drunk about as fast as she did. And that Mm -hmm. was my—actually, the first party you and I ever went to—well, my first birthday party you ever attended Mm -hmm. was my Dirty 30— and my one of my brother's friends bought a bottle of brandy and I had like two drinks from it and had to go had to go like vomit in the bathroom and passed out upstairs before the majority of people got to my own dirty 30 birthday party. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. And then I found out about it the next day basically by people telling me how much fun they had while I was passed out upstairs. So I totally get it and I totally ha- get how she got drunk so fast. While well, drinking brandy in this movie, so mm-hmm. she goes from zero to like 150. Which character was she drinks? Uh, the Sandy Dennis character, honey, honey. Oh, honey. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I to- I
0: totally get it, and I feel you. That's brandy all. is strong. Is your yeah, is your the one brandy last thing? brandy is strong. Yeah, yes, nice. Uh, all right. Well, I did pull it up. Uh, so this movie was actually suggested once before by me off okay. of What's Up Doc? Okay. With my um, Got it. and I'm assuming the connection was probably like movie title with a, a question. Yeah. Title with a, a question. question. Yeah. Yeah so um, yeah so i i have two one last things um uh one is just a comment that uh i love that they use the term simp because i thought that that was like a term that gen z came up with and has just started being used to describe somebody as a simp uh and when they call what'd you call them a simp in this movie i was like yeah oh all right i guess simp was used in the 60s um but the other is just the connection between uh, the song "Who's Afraid of the Big Bad Wolf" and "Who's Afraid yep. of Virginia Wolf," um, and I just I just like that it was. Uh, I was like, oh, that's a that's a good sign. I've kind of had that that tune stuck in my head since I watched this movie. And I,
1: I really like how the movie uses that at the beginning when uh, Honey is getting really really drunk and Richard Burton is swinging her around the apartment, mm-hmm. and then it
0: and then it also comes back at the end as being the actual point of the game. Yeah. So, yeah and when they're walking back at the beginning of the movie like they do seem like a happy couple right when they're walking yeah. back from the party you're like oh this is like a couple who's yeah. had a really nice night together um and you have no idea how miserable they make each other right so yeah all right um anything else on the on who's afraid of virginia Woolf? no i think this was a great conversation so let's yeah, fun, uh, let's figure to to yeah. out what we're gonna yell at each other about next week right <laughs> let's let's see what we're gonna be watching next week so of course this is when we pick our movie for next week our ladder rung suggestion uh we have suggestions from the listeners we have ones from us your hosts i have one that i added while we were having that discussion so if you skipped ahead you should go watch who's afraid of virginia wolf and go listen Not to enough. that great discussion brendan i just had um so we start things off with jeff and his is all events taking place in one night a great yep. genre of movies uh all yep. of movies. True. uh so first one is Game Night. That was one mm-hmm. I actually thought of as like a fun version yeah. of this movie. Sure. Um, obviously, characters playing a game. All takes place in one night. You know, I do believe that I think they were having a kind of a, like a, their marriage was a little on the rocks as well mm-hmm. in that movie. Um, American Graffiti, all taking place in one night. Does that take yep. place in the 60s or does that take place in the 50s but was made in the It takes 60s. place in the 50s
1: and was made in 1960-something or 19, early 70s. Yeah.
0: Okay. So, uh, one uh, blind spot for me. Yep. Um, uh, yeah, I'm just looking up American Graffiti, 1973 was when it was yep. made. And uh, it was actually takes place in 1962, just to check back you there, so. Um, and and then, Airplane. Airplane is the other one. Yep. Um, so any other connection besides that, all taking place in one night? I guess it's just a disaster, so. Yep. Um, airplane, re- recently referenced on an episode of uh, Winning Time. Yeah, very, very
1: good.
0: good. Very good scene. good scene. Yep. All right. Olin sends Ian, the spy who came in from the cold. Richard Burton stars in this Cold War spy thriller, where he is to play drunk. Large chunks filmed a mile away from where I used to live, where Olin used to yeah. live. Well, it came out a year before this. Uh, whatever happened to Baby Jane? A question, a questioning title questioning. about somewhere. Someone that always makes me mix up these two films. Mm-hmm. Two major stars of screen bitterly fight, and try to one-up each other with alcoholism and trying to retain ideal imaginary lives playing a part. Yep. Uh, also a movie, I believe, was that movie all in black and white, too? It and is black it, it, it it, and white, yeah. yeah and yeah. it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yep. that starring Danny Davis, who we mentioned yep. earlier. Yep. yep. And uh, Beyond the Forest. His connection is What a Dump. What so, a Dump, indeed. Yeah. All right. Stefan, animal titles. First one, Dog Day Afternoon, animal title about a man doing crazy acts for his wife. Mm -hmm. Next one of Mice and Men, play-ish novel with an animal in the title. Yep. And The Elephant Man, animal title in black and white with Anthony Hopkins, who sounds exactly like Richard Burton. I believe that's the uh, Welsh accent coming through, right? Yeah, yeah. I I don't want to, I will say maybe. I'm not going to verify (laughs) it. uh jim, jim has love and basketball another movie with family drama that focuses on games of the heart uh the okay. one involves a ball and the on yeah. HBO max thank you jim megan the librarian oh she sent in one that i had on my short list uh mm-hmm. or my honorable mentions list but first she has hush hush sweet charlotte i want to suggest beyond the forest which is the source of the what a dump line but it doesn't seem to be available anywhere Film also – this film also stars Betty Davis and Joseph Cotton, so maybe it's the next best thing. There you go. Next one, The Hours. I'm not afraid of Virginia Woolf, so I would suggest we watch a film in which Nicole Kidman plays her. Oh, I did not realize that's – Nicole Kidman plays her in The Hours. Yeah. Uh, Wonder Boys. Michael Douglas stars as an aging, drunken, underachieving university professor. Boom. Good one. And Revolutionary Row. This is the one that I had thought about. Uh, Another movie about a very unhappy married couple – like Who's Afraid of Virginia Wolf? The movie references a play movie starring Betty Davis with Forrest in the title, The Petrified Forest. Nice. Um, also, this is another movie where the um the suburbs are not as great as they seem. Yep. Um, and I have
1: one, naturally, that I just thought of that I might add or I might keep it on my honorable mentions, but uh, nice.
0: you get to go first. So. All right. Well, I had written down on my list, Betty Davis and Joseph Cotton, question mark, but I never looked up what the movie was. So I appreciate <laughs> everybody else doing that. Uh, so Mike Nichols, movie about uh, families, uh, couples that are kind of intermixing. Uh, I got to think that this, you know, there was a great connection when this came out that is closer. Oh, I think um, you we're going to go with The Graduate. Nice. Nope, uh, I didn't think about The Graduate, but no. the uh, So Closer is about, like, I think it's about two couples and they're having affairs, like, with basically intermixing affairs. And gotcha. then, Yeah. Okay. Um, you've never seen it, I'm assuming? No, I've never seen it. Clyde Owen, it. uh Natalie Portman in it as well. Julia Roberts, I think. Interesting. I so from 2000, early 2000s. 2005, I want to say. 2004. Very close. Never seen it. Uh, Jude Law is the fourth lead. Oh, I just wrote down a Jude Law connection. Uh, next one, uh, A Man for All Seasons this is yes. a movie that beat out uh, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf for all those Academy Awards so and I've never seen that uh, next one I have a feeling this is on your list um, another movie about an unhappy couple that uh, is playing some games George Segal is in the lead role in this one uh, and it was remade but it's come up on this podcast a bunch of times. fun with Dick and Jane yep it was an honorable mention so I wasn't going to nominate but you're, I'm glad you did yep um, so this is one that I thought of, and it comes out. It does not come out until this weekend, uh, okay. and I do not know if it's streaming internationally. It's going to be on Hulu this weekend. Uh, it stars Ben Affleck and Anna DeArmas. So oh, Dark, Dark Water. Light. Yeah, Dark Water. So it's a real nice. life couple, and it's about their marriage is falling apart. Uh, and it just like when I saw that, I was like, oh my god, this seems like the exact oh. connection to this movie. Maybe even like a modern day version of Who's Afraid of Virginia Wolf. Uh, it's definitely going to be on Hulu starting on Friday. Yep. I just don't know about other places, um, and I could I tried to look it up, I couldn't find it, so I don't know if it'd be the best. thing I know to
1: think. this movie was delayed many times. There were there were a lot of rumors that it may not come out at all. Mm-hmm. Um, at least on the big 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 shirt podcast, um, I'm not sure why, but it might be interesting to explore that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and I think that they split up. Also, I think they were together mm-hmm. when they were doing this movie. I don't yeah. think they're together and because she was why throwing outside the show. Then, yeah. yeah and i have two more and i can't decide if i want to do one or both um i'll just do together again um, because uh that's that that's the the one about the couple that's stuck in quarantine together it's uh again? Together. yeah it's, i think it'd be interesting and again it could be a modern retelling of like a no
1: know, i'm saying
0: piece. is the movie called together again or is it just together? no uh, i thought you were saying again i was like yes i know i suggested it before no, just together <laughs> just straight up one word together gotcha 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 yes. so, together two Oh, and I skipped over one of my great connections. Uh, sorry, I have to. So this is gonna be one, two, three, four, five. This is gonna be six. Oh well. Okay. Uh, Pulp Fiction. That's... Oh uh, yeah. Honey That's Bunny, it. but of course, like dancing with another man's wife, like that—the scene where they were dancing. All I could think of was uh, the the dancing scene in Pulp Fiction. I okay. have to think that that was paying homage to this movie. Fair enough. So. All right. Um, never give another all... man's wife foot massage. Yeah, never give another man's wife foot
1: massage. Um, My connections are going to start with one that came up on this podcast earlier. It's the movie I said I thought we were going to pick last week when we said we were doing this movie. And that's Marriage Story starring Adam Driver um, and ScarJo. Um, I would be really excited to revisit Marriage Story. Also nominated for a bunch of Oscars. Um, Mm -hmm. Really loved it when it came out. Um, Noah Baumbach, who's, you know, a notorious um, movie maker for... People with couple problems. Um, yeah. Also speaking of couple problems. When you were talking about it. The, the movie really connection. Reminded me a lot of the Jude Law. Carrie Coon movie. That came out a couple years ago. Called The Nest. Um, uh, yeah. It shares a lot of similarities with this film. When you really think about it. Um, and their contentious marriage. Um, also want to throw out. Uh, the Robert Altman film. California Split starring george mm-hmm. seagal um that was going to be my george seagal connection they also mentioned chicago at the beginning of this movie the the actual musical chicago mm-hmm. so i thought it'd be cool to do chicago the musical starring richard Gere and catherine Zeta jones um i thought about wolf of wall street um but i think instead i'm gonna go with the ernest lehman movie with, from Alfred Hitchcock, where a character has to at least pretend to be super, super drunk. And that's uh, Cary Grant starring in North by Northwest. Um, how many is that for me? Five? Yep. So I want to go with a sixth. And with a sixth, just for the hell of it, I will throw in Eyes Wide Shut from Stanley Kubrick, a film about a contentious relationship that. Very goes surreal. For yeah, yeah. Very surreal. Cool. So those are our nominations. I am gonna roll to the top, and we have Game Night, American Graffiti, Airplane, The Sky Who Came In from the Cold, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, Beyond the Forest, Dog Day Afternoon, Of Mice and Men, The Elephant Man, Love and Basketball, Hush Hush, Sweet Charlotte, The Hours, Wonder Boys, Revolutionary Road. Closer, A Man for All Seasons, Fun with Dick and Jane, Dark Water, Together, Pulp Fiction, Marriage Story, The Nest, California Split, Chicago, North by Northwest, and Eyes Wide Shut. I uh, get to go first. Are you What's surprised up? that The Graduate didn't come up? Because I I'm know. a little surprised. It was an also-ran for me, but... Oh yeah, we didn't um, do it
0: also-rans. What else did you have on your also Yeah, I,
1: I had... Uh, I had Wolf of Wall Street, just for Mm -hmm. the Wolf Connection. Um, I did have, I really wanted to do this, but I thought that you would get annoyed. But I have the uh, Stephen Sondheim musical company, which technically there is not a movie version of. People would have to watch it on YouTube. (laughs) But um, they they would have to watch a staged version on YouTube. Um, Mm -hmm. But the the musical company is very highly um, inspired by this film. And so it, it would have been a really good connection, but I wasn't going to do that to the listeners and make them watch a movie on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, also, since I brought up Eddie Fisher, father of Carrie Fisher earlier, uh, the marriage between Carrie uh, Eddie Fisher and um, Debbie Reynolds, uh, basically the dramatization of Debbie Reynolds' relationship with her family is in the Carrie Fisher film Postcards from the Edge. It's a loose connection, but I thought it was mm-hmm. a connection. Um, and which then, is also
0: in Mike Nichols. Yep. Uh, movie.
1: It is Michael Nichols. Yep. Um, All about Eve as well. Mm. Um, what else should I have? And
0: Hereditary. Nice. Uh, we didn't mention Working Girl is another Mike yep. Nichols movie that we covered on this podcast. That was Absolutely. season one. Uh, sorry, yep. second Michael Nichols. Uh, also, Mike Nichols made a movie called Wolf. Uh, uh, yeah, which sure, Jack looks terrible. Uh, Jack yep. Nicholson plays a worm uh yep. and michelle pfeiffer james spader richard jenkins kind of a fun cast but and an interesting premise but it's apparently not good i actually thought we could have gotten with Postcards from the edge
1: but i don't think we would
0: have done it so, uh also i had fashion. on my list i had pieces of a woman uh okay. in terms of you know motherhood same same vibe as like lost daughter yeah. is another one i was thinking of uh the game which was yep. very close to making my list um there you just go. like it seemed like a that would be a fun way Very to get good. to that uh Malfe and marie which i think is yeah. supposed to be kind of similar to together uh again like about a married couple that's kind of stuck in a house together mm-hmm. um that house was a real shit house, and i thought about the movie shit House from yeah. last year um, i think there was one other connection i don't remember what it was uh, women shit.
1: under the influence also came up for me again but i didn't
0: write it down um,
1: mm-hmm. but that seemed uh, like a
0: really good connection then but i had honey boy, boy uh, alcoholism yeah. parents being uh based in real life and in show business and then the one i love uh, another movie about marriage failing. I mean, there's no lack of failing marriage movies. That's for sure. Yeah,
1: for sure. All right. Um. So I'm going to pick first. Yep. And I'm going to, I mean, there are several movies on here that I've never seen, but have been on my list for a while. Um. But do I want to go with something that would be really fun and give our listeners a break, or do I want to go with something? I think it makes the most sense to go with The Hours,
0: I did think about that as well. And it's
1: between that and Revolutionary Road or Game Night for me. Um, I think I'm going to go with The Hours just because of the Nicole Kidman um, Oscar nomination and the Virginia Woolf connection. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with
0: The Hours for the list the hour. Hours. all right. That's one that's come up a bunch. Um, I know. We've not and I, I also
1: confuse it in my head with The Others a lot. Um,
0: oh, I always confuse it in my head with um, – there's another one far from heaven is another yeah. one. i don't know why for some reason i always confuse that with far from heaven i don't right. know if it's even at all related maybe we'll uh, go from the hours to the others meryl streep doing. is holding flowers on the hours mm. Uh the, the front of the front cover of the hours Love all that. right for me um let's see oh i'm gonna go with listener pick um and i will go with game night because nice uh, i have seen it but you know we I both get, have yeah i think could be fun to revisit. Um, yeah. Also, and, you know, I mean, the Jesse, performance from Jesse Plemons and Jesse was nominated. For, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Oscar so, nominated Jesse Plemons. Yep. Also, right. Rachel McAdams, who we've talked about
1: on this podcast. Yeah, so, a obviously. lot of Rachel McAdams. We can do it. Yep. Another, um, we can return to Rachel McAdams. I think that is the theme of this year's movie ladder: is that we watch a couple of movies, then return to something that would have like that was track. a connection. Yeah. yeah. It's that's like true. a weird about
0: time time loop. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. All right, it's like a, so like, uh, it's more like um not about time, but uh, sort of like edge of tomorrow. Like we we'll keep yeah, resetting and then we we'll we'll live out the resetting. day different. Yeah, yeah, We're like Groundhog Day. Yeah. So. From your list, I'm gonna go with Dark Water. Oh, I am shocked you didn't have a fun with Dick and Jane. I'm really
1: intrigued by this Ben Affleck movie. Um, it's coming out this weekend. I think that'll be enough time for people to see it. I hope if everyone has Hulu. We can always um, record on
0: Wednesday next week, too. That's also Maybe true, too.
1: to give people an extra day. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it'd be the first time in a while we've done a movie that we came out, I mean that would be really fun.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with Darkwater. Cool. All right. Uh, from your list, uh, Eyes Wide Shut. Um, nice. It's one I've been wanting to revisit. I don't know if it's the yep. best connection, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Why not? Um that okay. yeah eyes wide shut is my pick so we have the hours game night dark water dark water or dark waters. I don't remember dark water uh, dark water is different it looks like so dark water. oh dark
1: water is the mark ruffalo film where he's a attorney in
0: no that's West also Virginia. dark waters uh what is yeah. this movie called
1: is that called
0: dark waters i thought it was deep called Dark water. water deep water is it deep water <laughs> deep water is the name of this movie did i well what did i have on my list one. i had deep water on my list uh so you must have written it down wrong on her. No, on you that. said dark water. Oh so I meant deep I I meant water. Deep water. <laughs> okay. Deep water, deep water, you everybody. Everybody's very confused, Like, room. why are you doing this Mark Ruffalo drama about water? Uh <laughs> and then what was the last pick? Uh oh Eyes I Eyes Shut. Yeah, yeah, I'm just I'm just pulling up what, what is streaming oh. where yeah. Uh, um so yeah, I'd be interested to visit any of these
1: films. Eyes Watch Shut is a movie I haven't rewatched since Kubrick class in college. Um, so that would have been like 2004, 2005. Um, I'd be curious how it holds up, if it holds up at all. Um, I know mm-hmm. it's got, I, I think it's probably the loosest of the connections, but it is, I mean, the Tom Cruise, Nicole Kidman marriage is not kind of like a part in the movie from what I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that actually, you know, two Nicole Kidman movies on our list is really oh, interesting yeah, is in interesting. our finals. Um, so we, can, we can backtrack to Nicole Kidman if we take Yeah, it. I think I'd rather go with the one where she was nominated for an Oscar just to keep Oscar... We going one you at, nominated
0: for the oscar for the hours the hours
1: if the hours is
0: if the hours is streaming it is it's on HBO max um right. i like the idea of doing deep water but i just i feel like it might be a little limiting if like if you don't have hulu there's no way to watch it and if it's not Good playing point. in your country yeah um like at least with the hours game night or eyes Chat, like there are you can rent it if you That's don't fair. have the if you don't have access um the Hours is new for both of us. I know nothing about this movie except that I it's don't three, either, women, that three it's women who terrible. don't look very happy to be there. Okay. Um, um, would you rather do something
1: really super fun and watch Game Night or would you rather watch an oscar nominated film in the Hours?
0: I think that's where we are. Good question. Uh, Game Night's not streaming anywhere. Um, Damn. That's okay. It's, like, rentable. It is on the TBS uh, app. Uh, but- I better mean. not <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm like sure I probably commercials. got commercials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Eyes Wide Shut is on Canopy if we went with Eyes Wide Shut. Got... Um, and I don't I don't hate doing Eyes Wide Shut, but I almost feel like why not? If we're going to do Eyes Wide Shut, why not do the hours and then maybe Eyes Wide Shut can get suggested. Right, the exactly. Thing. It could connect, yeah. Uh, <sighs> really I great know. cast. I mean, we are. Have... Right, so we're between the game night and eyes and the hours. Uh, yeah. Should I flip a coin or do we want to go with the one neither of us have seen?
1: um i think we should go with the hours just because it was nominated for oscars and we're gonna
0: keep oscar Todd going yes but that's uh, just me who's afraid of virginia wolf we're gonna meet virginia next week is uh, our title connection meet virginia wolf maybe yeah i do like meet virginia wolf is like the you know the song meet virginia Yeah. Um, meet virginia Woolf. john c um, riley uh plays a character named dan brown do you think that's the author dan brown oh, man, uh
1: tony collette
0: is in this movie Ed harris yeah. uh allison
1: Janney. look at this freaking cast man it's incredible uh, directed Daniels, by steven
0: Daldry. oh yep. look at this do i don't know what movie steven Daldry directed dark water uh no uh, Deep Water. deep water uh, nope uh together <laughs> oh well there you go <laughs> yeah, so maybe right.
1: we'll do it together in two weeks there you go yeah maybe we'll be together uh, in two weeks this movie looks like it might be very depressing uh but hopefully well, not we'll i don't out. know hopefully i don't yeah, know. i know too. nothing about it
0: so there we go let's all meet right. virginia wolf
1: uh julianne moore all
0: uh, right watching the yeah. hours next week it is on hbo max yeah uh it's on a Yup TV apparently. I don't know what that means. Nope. All right. Uh nope to Yup watch TV. It. Watch it on there. We're Watching the hours next week. Um, All right.
1: right. Um well let's while away the hours. What are you
0: gonna watch this weekend? Uh well I'm a shitload of basketball starting yep. in uh like an hour, actually. Um but I also do want to try to get in After Gang, and I need to yeah. see some of these Oscar. I have like three best picture nominees I still need to see. So I nice. really want to watch Drive My Car. Um, I just don't know when. It's really great. Um, I know. Yeah.
1: I am obviously also going to watch a crap ton of basketball. Really excited for that. Um, other than that, I want to... Uh, winning time has been really great on HBO. I, oh, I'm I can't a, I'm recommend a that highly week known. behind that, yeah. Yeah, and uh, as well as Top Chef Houston. So those are two things that I'm really looking forward to this week as well as the NCAA tournament. So Speaking
0: we of the NCAA tournament, you and I were on a podcast last week. Oh, yeah, uh, we were. We were on um, the, the RHAP wrap. Sports podcast, which is now called the... Uh, cha- not the change-up, the Off-Speed is what the it's The Off-Speed called. podcast with yes. uh, Grace. With Grace. Grace, is, Grace is a fantastic host
1: grace who has been a guest on this podcast yep. grace is really great so, so i was it.
0: on that i was on that podcast last week uh we've retweeted it from the movie ladder account but you can find it too if you if you just go to rob as a podcast or rob is a podcast rob, uh, rob is because, a website.com yeah um you'll find it on there it's pretty it's pretty evergreen although some of my takes are kind of already like old takes exposed yep. because it, we did it last week uh and then in about five minutes i'm going to be jumping on with our friends robin akiva or not robin akiva uh chester nakiva i'm in chester the rob Chester and akiva, akiva. Uh, 32 fans, so that will already mm-hmm. be... Well, I don't know. This one might get posted before that, but both will be posting tonight. Uh, I'll be yes. talking about the NCAA tournament brackets. Uh, my vocal cords are all warmed up, so I'm going to be uh, I'm excited to talk basketball with them. Uh, that will be more focused on the on the bracket. Um, excited to talk with Chester and Akiva. So. Fantastic. Yeah. All right. And I'm excited to watch the hours next week.
1: Yeah, I'm, I am too. Um, I, this is an incredible cast. I can't wait to see how all of them intertwine with each other and hold each other on on the screen
0: yeah, so, uh, yeah. we'll find silly. out so the hours come in next week it's streaming on hbo max and uh probably recording tuesday although maybe wednesday probably we count on tuesday get your feedback gonna by tuesday so um, we'll see everybody next week